Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am thrilled for you to hear from my next guest, Mary Beth Minnis. Mary Beth is definitely what you would call a mover and a shaker. In this episode, you will hear her passion and her heart to set the table for meaningful conversations about things that matter. The last 10 years, she has been been involved in producing films and documentaries that capture stories that are inspiring and life-changing with topics of forgiveness, following a dream, overcoming obstacles. Each of these films are so compelling. With her top five strengths of woo, empathy, competition, activator, and positivity, you will hear why she loves what she's doing and how many things she does can seem effortless. Many of these films have a long list of awards. She loves getting these meaningful films in front of as many people as possible. I refrain from having her tell many of her amazing stories. She is such a great storyteller. Be sure to listen to the end or look at the show notes so you can see how you can watch these films that are mentioned. Also, if you'd like to learn more about your strengths, I would love to meet with you individually or with your team. You can email me at barbaragcolwell at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy our conversation. I am so excited today for you to hear from a very fun and talented friend, Mary Beth Minnis. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thanks for having me. Great to be here, Barbara. Oh, this is really um, encouraging just to be able to have this opportunity to hear about you and who you are, your strengths, and especially a lot of the things you've been involved in in these last years. But I would love you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Mary Beth Menace. I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma, originally, and I made my way to Austin in 2007. I've worked with a Christian nonprofit for 20 over 20 years, and I started producing films about 10 years ago. And one of the things I love to do is set the table for people and allow them to have conversations that are really significant, especially in areas of faith and hope forgiveness. And so sometimes I do that in the films that I work on. And sometimes I do that around my dinner table. I love to have dinner parties and bring people together. So I discovered the medium of film being a great way to start those conversations with people and get people thinking. And it's been an amazing ride last decade or so. Mm, That's just so exciting. Well, I know, yeah, I've known you just through the years, through our work. And um, it has been so inspiring just to see the things you're doing and see a lot of the films that you've helped produce. And so I'm really excited to kind of peel back all those layers. And even just hearing you describe that, it's like, yeah, conversations that matter, that that's what it's about, you know? So 
Well, why don't you start with telling what your top five Clifton strengths are and a little bit how you learned about them or how you see those showing up in your own life? Sure. So I have woo, competition, empathy, activator, and positivity. So those are my top five strengths. And I first started hearing about this or learning about this in like the early 2000s, I feel like is when people started talking about this approach to not focusing on your weaknesses and trying to shore those up, but instead looking at what your strengths are and actually trying to strengthen your strengths. And I thought that was really interesting. And I was a part of a team of people and this leadership team. And so one of our team building exercises was to discover our strengths. So we each got the book and we took the test and then we had somebody come and sort of talk about each each of us and how we would work together. And it was really interesting because one of the things I discovered was things that were my strengths. I wasn't even aware of them as strengths. So what I would have listed as my strengths were probably the next five because the top five were so intuitive and so ingrained in me that I didn't see it as a strength. I just thought it was how we're all wired. Uh-huh. So it, that was like a light bulb for me, like, oh, wow. Okay. So these are actually the things that they come so second nature to me. I'm just not even aware that they are something unique about how God has made me. And, and then when I looked at the strengths, the one that I, I immediately resonated with, and I thought, yes, and I love that was woo. It was like, great. I can see that. <laughs> I can win others over. I love to meet new people. That makes sense. And in the job that I've had for since I graduated from the University of Oklahoma, meeting new people was was a part of that. And so that made a lot of sense to me. And then the one competition, immediately I just thought, oh goodness, like why is this a strength? Like (laughs) this sounds like it leads to something, you know, not good. Like either pride or yeah. Yes. And so I, I couldn't understand that, but I've come to realize over the years now I used to work, you know, on one team with one team of people on, you know, for years. Now I work on several different teams, pulling off these different film films and working on these documentaries with different teams. And each team is in a different stage and a different place in the process of working on the film and then this, the life of the film. But I have noticed a theme. I sort of come along and I bring a lot of energy to the team and I'm able to kind of push us forward beyond where maybe most people would think. I mm-hmm. sort of seem to dream big and push for you know, goals and awards and things like that. And that other people are thrilled when it, when it's happening, but they're just not wired that way. And so one of the things that happens is when you're, when you're working on something like an independent documentary film, one of the ways that people actually see it is if you are able to pursue those awards and those festivals and those different things that give it notoriety, more people will see it. And Mm -hmm. so it actually adds value to the team and to the project that I care about those things and I work towards them. Now, I continually have to have that in check because that's not 
it can sometimes be in conflict with my like values as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I want to make sure I'm not just pursuing that at the risk of everything else, you know, or missing the other things that are quote unquote wins, but they don't necessarily come with something recognizable. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And well, and even as looking at what your strengths are, just the different kind of category they're in or quadrant, um, you have three of them that are like mobilizing strengths, like that move others to action with your also your woo and positivity and competition. And so I can see how just in so many ways in what you're doing is you're just made for what you're doing. And I love that. Do do you feel like you kind of grew up being competitive? Definitely. So that's kind of always been something. It's always been there. And again, it's something I thought everyone was made that way, you know, but what's interesting, I thought about this is like, so for example, the competition thing, I would like whenever we, my sister and I would be assigned a task from my mom, I turned it into a competition. You know, like everything had to be a competition for me to stay motivated and engaged. And even in my adult life, I sometimes take tennis lessons. And typically it's a it's a group, it's a group tennis lesson. And then at the beginning there's a warm-up. And then at the end you actually do gameplay and there's like competition to it. And my tennis coach noticed, he was like, you know, Mary Beth, you're not putting in all the effort during this warm-up that you do whenever you, whenever we compete. So he's like, if if you don't put in the effort during the warm-up, like you won't get to actually play in the in the drills at the end and the games at the end. And I just wasn't even fully aware of that. I'm sure I was aware of it on some level, but yeah, I just knew that whenever we got to that part, I was then you were gonna be on yeah. ready to go, you know, where other people were like, Oh, I don't mind. I like just hitting the ball, you know? <laughs> so it's something I think that I can't get rid of. It's just there. It's just part of who I am. Well, I love that. And yeah, like, like you said, these, these top five things, they do just come not even second nature. They are your nature. And, and I think the more we can realize now everybody isn't wired like this and it can help catapult what those are. And so that's exciting. Well, what about your woo and positivity? Those are such a fun combination. And I know over the years I've I just love hearing you tell stories. I mean, what's your latest really fun story that you could tell? It doesn't have to relate to anything, but you're just a good storyteller. (laughs) Well, I do love a good story. That's true. Hmm. I mean, you just make people cry and laugh as you're telling a story. (laughs) I know. So, well, okay. I, one of the things I have gotten, have had the privilege of being a part of was this movie or this documentary called Refuge, which is the story of this friendship between a Muslim refugee who's originally from Syria to the United States. And then um, Chris Buckley, who is an American um, soldier who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan and who came back and had a hatred of Muslims that was capitalized on by the KKK. And he was recruited by the KKK to 
deal with his hate and they say, you know, you've got this hate, we'll channel that hate. We'll, we'll take that, that anger and we'll, we'll tell you what to do with it. And they use the Bible to recruit him. And in the course of getting to spend time with he and his wife in the film, in the, in the documentary, you actually see him transition out of the KKK back to like sanity is kind of what he would say. And his wife stands up to him and she says, it's either the clan or our family. And he chooses his family. And to see that transformation in real time, like as we're documenting this happening, it's so powerful because, you know, right now, all of us have seen this racial tension in our country and so many acts of violence, different shootings happening continually. But to see somebody who was on the path towards that destructive mindset and, and taking action in that regard, to see him transform before your eyes, it is so hope giving. It's you just, I mean, I can't wait for people to see it because it feels, can feel so hopeless right now. This area, when it comes to racial tension right now, when it comes to extremism and violence, specifically these school shootings that keep happening, it feels so hopeless. But to watch somebody transform who was on that path, it gives you hope that like change is possible. We're not just destined for this to continue to repeat. So, okay, there you go. That is amazing. I know recently I watched Refuge and like you're saying, it was so transformative and so hopeful. And I love the, just the whole, obviously the storyline of just their connection, their relationship and how sitting with someone and entering their world is changes, changes lives, like you're saying. And I'm so excited for people. I know I just saw from your post about it's going to be on Delta movies on your airplane. You can watch it. That's amazing. I'm always looking for something good to watch when I'm on a plane. Yes. We're thrilled. We're so excited for the next year. It'll be on Delta Airlines. So if you're ever on a plane, anybody out there listening, you can check it out. Refuge documentary. And it is like, I think that sometimes the stories that I'm drawn to specifically are engaging with whatever's happening in our world and where can we find hope and where can we find, you know, something to inspire us and, you know, when there's terrible things that we can do as humans to one another, there's also extraordinarily good things that can happen as well. And so rarely do we get to hear those stories. And so to combine these, a lot of the stories you see that I've been a part of telling have this combination of something terrible happened or is happening. And yet there's hope and there's change and there's something that you leave inspired by. And that's, I think what the stories that I want to tell and the stories that, that I feel like we all need. Mm -hmm. Well, I know like maybe one of the first stories that you did was a documentary of a friend that we've worked with. And just, I think 
like anything, like you're saying, when you see just the backstory and just the progress and the good that can come from heartache and so many different things of just change, change lives and hope is so inspiring. Well, I know also recently we watched um, Juneteenth, another one that you've been a part of. And yeah, tell me, tell me the backstory on that. I mean, it was so touching and moving and yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So the documentary is called Juneteenth Faith and Freedom. And the idea for this documentary began with a friend of mine named Rasul Berry. And about a year and a half ago, he pitched it to some of the people he works with at Our Daily Bread Ministry. And they gave it the green light. And he came to Austin to meet with a guy that he wanted to hire as the director of the documentary. And I happen to live in Austin and I'm a friend of his and a filmmaker. And so he invited me to join them. And as I just learned more about what they were doing and asked them questions, I saw places that where I could be helpful. And my friend Rasul had never done this before. He'd never been like the kind of lead producer. He'd worked on projects before, but never been like the lead producer on something. And so he just kind of invited me on the journey and I got to be a part of telling the story. And what I love about it is, again, I'm drawn to these stories that are sort of dealing with issues of our time. And so recently, Juneteenth became a federal holiday, but most people do not know the history of Juneteenth or why it's a federal holiday, why we should celebrate it, how we should celebrate it. And so Rasul saw this opportunity and then invited me along to help shape that and to set the tone for what is this and why should we celebrate this and how should we celebrate this? So Juneteenth has been celebrated across the country in different communities, primarily amongst descendants of enslaved people and a lot in the Texas area because this is where it happened. But the... Slaved, enslaved people in Texas, it took a year and a half from the Emancipation Proclamation for them to actually be set free. And that happened on June 19th, 1865. And so that is when the celebration began. Mm. And my friend Russell Berry grew up in Philadelphia and he didn't grow up celebrating Juneteenth. And so this was a great opportunity for him to, you travel with him as the host, meeting direct descendants of those who were freed on Juneteenth or people who are historians. And you travel throughout the state of Texas, getting these firsthand or, you know, accounts from people who heard it from their relatives Mm -hmm. about what happened. And it invites you into this story. And it does so in such a way that I think is, invitational. Everyone feels welcome there. There is not, there's not a tone of shame for not, not knowing our history. It's very invitational. You learn alongside him and it's for all of us. One of the people featured in the film, her name is Miss Opal Lee is the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize nominee. And at 89 years old, she thought, you know, I haven't done enough and there's more for me to do. And she wanted to raise awareness that the enslaved people in Texas 
had to wait two and a half years to be set free from the since the Emancipation Proclamation. And so she started walking two and a half miles to raise awareness. Wow, that's that's amazing. And she's the reason, one of the primary reasons, Juneteenth is a federal holiday to help raise awareness for the fact that these enslaved people did not know they were legally free for two and a half years. And um, so she started that and she's in the documentary. And what I love about what she says is she says, you know, Juneteenth isn't a black thing. It isn't a Texas thing. It's an American holiday. It's for all of us. It's celebrating freedom. It's when we were all free in this nation. And so she advocates for celebrating all the way from June 19th to July 4th, celebrating freedom all of those days. And I I love that because it's this great balance of acknowledging our country's dark history and at the same time, locking arms all as Americans and saying, let's move forward together. Let's kind of rebuild this broken house that we're in and restore it to what it is supposed to be, what we all aspire for America to be. And I'm so excited for people to get to see it. I know a lot of people have learned things they didn't know before just by watching the documentary. I think the number one thing I hear from people is the fact that there was a thing called a slave Bible, that the slave Mm -hmm. owners... Um, intentionally removed passages of scripture and so that slave their enslaved people would no longer have hope that God would set a slave free. So like the entire book of Exodus or anything that had to do with the liberation of slaves was removed. And yet somehow the real true word of God got to the enslaved people and they understood who God was and many of them believed and prayed. And so when Juneteenth happened and they were set free, one of the first things they did is they marched to a church and they worshiped God because they didn't believe that, you know, Abraham Lincoln had set them free. They believed God had set them free and finally had Mm. answered their prayers. So it's very celebratory and sort of handles those tensions that our country has is facing and in a really, I think, appropriate tone. Mm. Yeah, I love just seeing her, just her demeanor and just her like, yeah, I'm what, 90 something years old and I I need to do more things. I'm like, okay, that was so inspiring. And like you said, just all the layers of it. That's great. Well, as you um, are part of these different films, I know I, I can just hear just just the joy that you have in helping these things happen. What what are some other ways that you think, oh yeah, I helped make this film happen or like just as your strengths of things that were so easy for you to do? Like what are any other ways you just kind of jump in and help make things happen with different documentaries? Well, okay. So the first thing that came to my mind was, on Jump Shot, the Kenny Saylor story, my friend Jake Hamilton was working on that documentary and showed me a rough cut. And I saw it and I thought, wow, okay, this is an amazing person, Kenny Saylor's. And what a great story to tell about this man who innovated the sport of basketball and invented the jump shot or developed the modern day jump shot. I thought, wow, okay, I'd love to be a part of that. Perhaps we could get some NBA stars involved. 
And so I, you know, made a list of these top NBA stars and I started praying, you know, for favor with them and started putting that word out and, and sharing that. And I got introduced to coach Mo, who, um, is the chaplain for the USA basketball team, the Olympic basketball chaplain. And he, uh, actually has relationships with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and, through a crazy turn of events, both of those men joined the jump shot team and were interviewed for the film and Steph Curry ended up becoming an executive producer. So I think some of those, like you were saying, like the, the woo, the positivity, I think part of that is I activator, an activator. activator. Yeah, yeah. Is that I, I sort of see, I dream big and then I'm able to say, okay, I'm just going to keep talking to people and win them over, you know, and keep moving forward and, and believe that, you know, this, this thing that seems sort of impossible is, you know, I stay positive and focused on that and moving forward and, and figure out a way to get it done. I mean, a large piece of that, I have to say is I truly think it's just God and, and just seeking him. And he sort of lines those things up. But I'm sure there's some way most people didn't join that team and, and, and activate or move in that way. Other people played a different role and brought different things to the table. And the whole film wouldn't be what it was without all of those pieces. So, But that specific piece, I think, was something that I brought to the table. And it did have to do with how God had made me with these different parts of who I am. Yeah. That's... That's so great. I just love that. And yeah, and it's just like, it's fun and easy for you. And that's just kind of like, yeah, here's what we need to do. Boom, boom, boom. Come on, let's go. Right? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> for the sort of. most part, yeah. There are definitely lots of points where it doesn't work or, you know, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, but just having that courage to, to like you say, to dream big and to to have a stretch list of who needs to be part of this, but then sometimes that works and look what happens. So it's great. Well, what else is, I mean, do you have any of your films you've been a part of that you'd say, this is my favorite or kind of like a parent, you maybe you don't really say there's really a favorite, but yes. So this question, I get this question quite a bit and the answer I usually give is, well, like a parent, you don't have, like, I love all of my children, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, the one that I think most people just fall in love with and is their favorite is a film called Imperio de Nabile. The original title is in Italian. In English, it's unforgivable. Mm. And it's a story, a true story of these two people who in Rwanda in the 1990s, when genocide broke out, were on opposing sides. And a man named Emmanuel cut off Alice's hand and hit her in the head and thought he had killed her. And miraculously, she survived. And 20 years later, you're living in the same area. And he cannot, he's already gone to prison and confessed to what he's done to the authorities. But he he can't live with what he's done. And he is, you know, tries to commit suicide and is, is just in a terrible place and 
finally comes to the place where he he just has to confess to her. And he he does. He falls on his knees and he confesses to her and he says, you know, you know, I, I tried to kill you and da, 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 da. he goes on and on. And she ends up blacking out and um, has to recover in the hospital. And but she chooses to forgive him. And it is a true forgiveness. She mm. truly forgave him. And he, because he was repentant for what he had done, they were able to forge a relationship and work together. And they currently work together and build homes for survivors of the genocide against the Tutsi. And they do that. She's the president and he's the vice president. And it's just incredible. Gosh. You just can't believe it. Yeah. This really happened, but it really did. And you also see in the documentary, there's this one point where they are sort of joking in the car and they're laughing and you can see there's like, there's a, a, a kindredness to their relationship and it, it feels miraculous. Like how can yeah. this happen? You know? And when we showed the documentary in Africa, in Rwanda for the premiere, they were both there for, for that screening. And it was a standing ovation. Oh, so gosh. powerful. It was yeah. so powerful. And then I talked to Alice a few days later and we were sort of debriefing about everything. And she said, you know, it's really hard to stand up there with him. Um, even though she's forgiven him, it's a continual choice to continue to forgive. Yeah. And I've learned so much from working on that documentary. And I think when people see that documentary, it just, it touches your, your soul as a human in such a deep and profound way. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So I think that would be what everyone says anyway, is their favorite that I've worked on. Oh, well, yeah. I remember watching that too and feeling those same things of just so powerful and so, I mean, gut-wrenching, but just like, wow, that that's what it's about. Can I really forgive someone that's hurt me, tried to kill me? <laughs> I haven't been called to forgive in that deep of a way. So I think I need to go watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I still cry every time I watch it. Because mm. it's wow. You know, and I think it's funny, you know, the the more you know people, you know, the the more layers there are to it. And you just know, gosh, this is just really real. This, you know. So yeah. mm. well, um, I know you mentioned even we talked a little bit about the refuge and the story about that. How, how would people see like that particular one or any, any of the, these different films that you've mentioned? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking because that is why we all worked on these films is that we want people to actually get to see them and be changed by them. And so we'll start with refuge. So refuge's website is refugemovie.com refugemovie.com. And on there we have a watch page and it lists all the places that you can see it. Currently, Refuge is on all Delta Airlines. So if you're flying Delta, you can catch it. And then if you have um, the two most popular, Apple and Amazon. So if you have those, you can watch the film there. Refuge documentary is what I would recommend putting in the search. And then Juneteenth, Faith and Freedom. 
That one is available on YouTube. If you just put in Juneteenth, Faith and Freedom, you can find the whole documentary there. And we just cut a new version of the film, a shorter version of the film to submit to PBS. So hopefully this June, you'll be hearing about it being on your local PBS station. And if you'd like for it to be on your PBS station, I would highly encourage if if any of you watch PBS, like just contact your PBS station and say, hey, is Juneteenth Faith and Freedom going to be on because our family wants to watch it? We would love that because we want as many people to see it as possible. And then Jump Shot, the Kenny Sailors story. That documentary is available on Apple, so you can find that there. Mm, That's great. Well, what is on the horizon for you? Like, what are you currently working on or hopeful for? Yes. So right now I'm mainly focused on continuing to put Refuge and Juneteenth Faith and Freedom out in the world. There's a few projects that I've been asked to work on that I'm still praying about and thinking through. And But for Juneteenth, we have several screenings. If you happen to live in the Austin, Texas area, you can join us for a screening at the Bob Bullock on Sunday, June 4th. And then there are several screenings planned, some in Fort Worth, some in Buda, Dallas, um, various places. And then uh, Refuge is there. My church, All Saints, here in Austin has talked about wanting to have a screening of that film here in Austin. And more recently, last week, one of the films I worked on a decade ago, Return to Mogadishu, we dubbed it into Italian and took it to Italy and it's um, still being shown there. So just last week it was shown on, mm. a, on a military base there. And then Jeff Struker was interviewed. So it's funny, these, um, these documentaries that I've worked on, even though they might be a decade old, there's still stuff happening. There's still things happening with them. And so I feel like there's, there's always something that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so exciting. Well, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? I love to ask that to all the people I get to interview. Well, I'm loving this weather. The sunshine makes me happy. Yes. And I finally have got my little front porch uh, set up. So I have these like cute chairs and I have plants. For years, I've killed plants. <laughs> yeah, I would buy I about that. and I would try to grow something. And every time I would end up at my neighbor's house, like I, I almost killed it. There's this lady, a friend of mine at my church, Mary Freiberger, who like, I just take her my dead plants. I'm like, help, can you revive this thing? So, but now I finally have these beautiful plants. And so one of my favorite things is to make a cup of tea at four o'clock and I go and I sit on my porch and get out my phone and respond to the different texts and the different things that have happened throughout the day and just sort of pause. And that's been Mm. my kind of my favorite thing lately. Oh, that's great. Well, Mary Beth, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm excited for people to, to hear more about these things you're doing, but I love just seeing you thrive and what you're doing and just showing up as who God made you. And it's just fun to see just the, all the, fruit and the impact that you're having of just being who you are and moving toward your, just what you're passionate about. So thanks for being on Embrace Your Strengths. Thanks for having me. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.
Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Thank you so much for tuning in to Embrace Your Strengths. If you can't tell, I love understanding more about people by learning about their Clifton strengths. I enjoy letting you hear from all kinds of folks who are using their strengths in their work and in their relationships wherever they go. It's so motivating to me to see folks have light bulbs come on as they understand their unique combination of their top five Clifton strengths as a part of what makes them so uniquely wonderful. I would love to help you grasp more about what is so great about you through a few coaching sessions about your strengths. One of the best ways to do that is also to do a workshop with your team or your office mates or even your spouse. That way you can hear and see what each other's strengths are like as you have conversations about it together. You can message me more for more information about that. This next episode with Carmen Ray Huang is super fun and motivating. Be sure to listen to the end to hear how leading a flash mob was an amazing example of her using all of her strengths in a way that put a smile on lots of people's faces. Enjoy. Today, I am so excited for you to hear from my very fun guest, Carmen Ray Huang. Welcome, Carmen Ray. Hey, Barbara. This is such a treat to have you today and just to have this conversation. I am just really thrilled for um, the people that listen to this podcast to understand a little bit more about um, some of the strengths that you have. And it's just always such so much fun to be with you, talk with you, watch you in action. So I know this is going to be a fun episode. So tell me a little bit about you and who you are, where you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Barbara, and thanks for having me on. I'm excited to get to to chat with you today. But yeah, like you said, I'm Carmen Ray Huang. Um, I we're currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. We moved here um, about eight months ago, I guess, in the pandemic back in October. But I'm married to Ian. We are about to celebrate. Ooh, I think ten years of marriage in about two weeks. Gosh, I can't I believe that. I know, right? Time has gone by quickly. Um, and we have two young boys. Uh, the oldest is Ethan, and he is six years old. And then what, our young- what's his middle name? Ethan Warren. Okay, yes, that's uh, right. Ethan Warren Huang. Which uh, for those of y'all who don't know, Barbara's husband's name is Warren, and Ethan, our oldest, is named after Warren. Uh, Warren oh. poured into Ian in college. And has, y'all's family has always been such an encouragement and near and dear to our hearts. So our oldest one is named after Warren. And, uh, and then Harrison is our youngest. We call him Harry, but he will be turning two in September. Oh, well, y'all are just so such a sweet family. And it's just such a, I can say just a treat to be with y'all and just watch um, just the things that you've been doing over the last 10 years. And just how your family's growing. And so I'm excited again for people to hear what you do. What, what is your role? And um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I work with crew. It used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, And for almost a decade, I'd worked with college students, 
But even just in the last year and a half, I've worked with our division called Family Life. And what Family Life is, um, we're actually a family ministry that journeys alongside others um, in the relationships that matter most, namely God, family, and those around them. And what I specifically get to do is be on our mobilization team. And that involves coming alongside of the missionaries that are sent out. And I'm looking for people that that's their heart, that they want to actually minister to those around them to be an authentic, trusted friend to point people to Jesus. So that's what I get to do. Mm, That is so great. And before that, you were most recently at LSU, right? That's right. Uh, So I've done a a myriad of roles, but I was at LSU and I also coached missionaries overseas and took care of missionaries overseas that went for one to two years in all of our partnership locations. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's fun. Well, I'm excited as we kind of walk through what your strengths are and people can hear kind of how those, it, it seems like each role that you've done is just perfectly matched for what, who you are. So tell what your top five strengths are and a little bit about your journey and how, um, what you're learning about those strengths. Yeah. So my top five, uh, number one is positivity. Two is woo. Three is developer. Four, empathy. And my last one is ideation. And one of the things that I'm learning a lot about those five, number one, um, I think in a world that's full of comparison, so many times we we have a scarcity mentality thinking, ah, I wish I had this particular strength or I wish I could do this particular skill. Um, And don't worry, I I fall in those categories too sometimes. Um, But when I was looking at my five, I was like, wow, I really like my strengths. I like when looking at these, I like how God's wired me. Um, and, And specifically, I love because it's perfect for working with people. Um, And not only working with people, but being in new environments, And we have moved six times in the last nine years. So we've been in six different cities. And so when I look at my five strengths, I'm like, wow, God has crafted me and built me in such a way that it's really helped me in the new settings that I've been in, as well as uh, getting to come alongside of people. And the thing that I guess lights me up or energizes me the most is I love getting to help launch other people out into the world to grow God's kingdom and even to see their own place in God's kingdom um, and how God's made them. So that's what I get to do. And I love how my strengths really help me to do that. Mm, That's great. Yeah. So give us a little more details just about um, just, you don't necessarily have to go through all of them, but kind of, kind of what those look like in your daily life or in your work. Yeah. So um, just looking at each one, the different five. Yeah. Yeah. So with positivity, you know, having that as your number one, I'm not going to lie with this particular one, I kind of roll my eyes uh, only because in our world, when you think of positivity, you just think of someone who is uh, just unicorns or this pot of gold (laughs) into the rainbow. And in a world, especially in the last year and a half, um, you just kind of want to punch me in the face when you think of like you have positivity because you're like, Carmaria, it's it's really hard. But positivity <laughs> is not just that. I think when I when I look at that, um, one of my favorite things, even just seeing empathy, uh, and I can share a little bit more about that, is I've actually can sit with people in the hard for a really long time and uh, and hear about their pain, their suffering, their trauma. 
Uh, and where I see the positivity come in is not so much always um, being trite or saying, but you know, there's good, there's good. It's more so where I see hope come into play, where I have the way that God's made me and designed me is uh, I've seen him build this tenacious hope inside of me and this eternal optimism that even though um, life is incredibly difficult and hard and that he promises suffering, I still genuinely do believe in this hope um, of the gospel, the hope that there is good. And so even when I come alongside of people, it's just sitting with them in it and listening to them and letting them borrow my hope in that moment, just mm. like I need to borrow other people's hope. Because um, I mean, I like it's been, that. yeah, it's been incredibly difficult for even Ian and I in the last year and a half. And so, yes, even positive people go through a hard time, <laughs> um, just even with the world that we're living in and the pandemic and so many things happening. So that's where I see positivity p- play out a ton in just uh, horizontal relationships and where I see it play out in work. Um, I definitely always try to see the fun aspects of life or when we're looking at a, an event coming up or a project. Um, I, I typically do bring um, the, the joy and the fun. I guess Ian calls me the hype girl. He's like, you're going to get everybody hyped up about something or encouraged uh, to get on board with something. So I, yeah, I see that play out in work with positivity. And with woo, um, with winning others over, wow. Um, it's always interesting how to talk about woo because I, I, I do. I've heard it's like people, magic. People that yeah. don't have it, they like. I don't get it. I just don't get it. So yes, tell us what well, you think about it. So I've had some people tell me this, and I'm like, okay, um, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure, I'm, I'm so glad that that is the case. But they say that I have a supernatural ability, that my superpower strength is to be sitting with someone and within five minutes, I can get someone to feel like I am their best friend or that they feel safe around me or that they want to open up about their life. And I really do think this is where the woo comes in to be able to draw other people out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I I don't know what I'm doing. I wish I could say, yes, Barbara, this is exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) But it just comes out. I'm naturally curious about other people's lives. Um, I'm curious about their stories. Uh, I love to see how God's made each person. And in doing that, I love to see where there's commonalities with people. And, um, And yeah, and even see how that connects with other people or the bigger picture that God is, um, painting for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about woo. Um, yes. and then same way, like I'm on the mobilization team with work. And so it really does help when you're jumping on the phone or meeting someone to be able to build that rapport very quickly. And so I feel like woo, uh, is a natural, um, I mean, I guess great thing to have in that situation. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about woo, but Third is the developer. And this is something that I've always enjoyed getting to come alongside of people, mentoring others, um, as well as even growing in my uh, my own development. But I think this is also one that I continue to work on and will work on for the rest of my life. Because as I come alongside and see people and the potential in someone or what they're desiring to do, and I, I really want to walk with them. Um, not necessarily, I I don't believe people are projects and I don't believe you fix people, 
I want to walk alongside and with people. And I think that's what a developer does is you want to come alongside and help to grow and to cultivate someone who desires to want to grow and learn just like I want to be developed and I want to have a developer come alongside of me in my own life. Um, and so, yeah, I think it just as I continue to grow and work on my own story, work on my own areas, it only helps to um, aid me in developing other people. And with for me and my work and job, yes, I get to come alongside and disciple people. I get to come alongside and help hear where someone is and then get them, Lord willing, to the next stage that they're wanting to go. And um, yeah. And then with empathy, this is one of those other ones like, woo, I don't necessarily know what's happening. I just know I'm highly, highly empathetic. Um, when I walk into a room, I can immediately read someone's mood or their emotions um, and you kind of get a pulse of the room very quickly or in a team meeting, I can get a pulse very quickly of where someone is. Um, ironically, I can't always get a pulse of where I am and my emotions, but with other people, I think that's where empathy plays out. And um, I'm the way God's made me is just... I. I'm compassionate. I hear people's stories and I move towards compassion towards them, no matter where they came from, um, what they have done or what has been done to them. Uh, my heart just moves towards compassion. And it's a very much of a heart to heart connection with other people. And uh, yeah. And so with work, um, you're, you're, you've been asked me, how does this play out with work as well as just in my own personal life? In the personal life, uh, we are constantly in relationships. I mean, whether it be in my marriage or whether it be parenting our two boys or your neighbors or your friends, empathy is just something that I'm grateful that I have because uh, every single one of us walk through suffering um, on this side of heaven. And so to be able to sit and listen to people's stories and be patient and kind, um, that is that has been incredibly helpful. Um, and also even just with work, I listen to people's stories all the time. And I listen to where they're coming from and why they feel like God's leading them in a particular um direction. And I really do see it as a holy privilege that I get to walk alongside of someone and hear their stories and be empathetic towards them. Um, yeah. And then, then ideation. Um, I feel like this one has played out in a, a myriad of different ways in my own life because I've got so many that are in this mobilization category, but then this particular one is, um, in a more reflective way. And so ideation for me, I do have ideas constantly flowing in my head. Now, when I had our boys, like there was a phase where I felt like ideation was just completely dead. I, I, I didn't feel creative. I felt like I was walking in a fog in this survival mode. Um, so I didn't feel like ideation was there anymore. And maybe I got my strengths wrong, but it just plays out differently in the combination of strengths that I have than it does with someone else that may have ideation. So for me, ideation, I'm constantly thinking of creative ways to come alongside of others and help them where they are or to help love and care for people better. Someone else who has ideation, if they are more um, built for systems and structures, they are constantly having ideas to make something better within a system or structure. I wish I had that, but my brain does not operate in seeing a problem or a structure and figuring out how to fix the system. Mine is more so of like, wow, 
I see where you're coming from. I see um, you have a desire. There is a barrier, a boundary that is blocking you getting to your goal. I want to help you do that. So that's where I see ideation play out a lot. Yeah. Wow. That's, thank you so much for um, giving us just those little details and just ways those show up in you. And like you said, it's everyone's strengths. They kind of all build on each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's no one else in the world just like you. Mm. And maybe someone else might have some of the same strengths you do, but different order, different background. But it's it's fun to see just the uniqueness of you and and how those um, complement each other and make you who you are. And even just in, you know, just the profession that you've chosen and things like that, it just kind of shows up in a unique way. So that's really fun. Well, Thanks, um, Kind of as even tapping a little bit into like your work, like how do you see these really just kind of capitalizing on your strengths and helping you enjoy what you do? I mean, I think you really love what you're doing now, right? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Well, even seeing, um, so walking with you, I did Strength Finders this test about 10 years ago, I think. And so I knew the five strengths that I had, but even just walking with you recently, going through the core clarity and like how that plays out, I had no clue that in these four quadrants, one of them was mobilized and that I had three in the mobilized category. And I was like, well, no wonder I'm enjoying my job so much. I am on the mobilization team. So it is Mm -hmm. literally capitalizing on three out of the five strengths that I have as well as I still get to use the other two strengths a lot in my role. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I feel like I'm flourishing and thriving in what I get to do. As far as like what I get to do, um, I get to sit down on calls and hear people's stories, their journeys, where they feel like the Lord's leading them. And then I help connect the dots and launch them out to be able to be um, ministers where they are with families in their sphere of context um, and help them be creative in that type of way. And so I love how that's the team that I get to be a part of. Um, I mean, from being positive, like jumping on that first call or that first video or meeting a new person uh, out here in Charlotte. Uh, I love that the positivity and the woo has really served me in that way. And um, as well as with a developer, it's like I'm constantly uh, helping someone with the next stage. Like that's basically what we do is like we walk alongside of someone and really wear that developer hat. And then with any job or with any, uh, thing that we do, we, we pray that we have some level of empathy, whether that's your top five strengths or not. God is constantly growing us in, uh, being empathetic towards other people. And yeah, ideation, we're constantly trying to, uh, figure out better ways to love and to serve others. And uh, that's what I feel like I can offer with the ideation mm-hmm. on the mobilization team. Hmm. That's great. Well, um, one of the things, this is a little backtracking, but even okay. as you um, think about um, how you're developing your strengths and making them better and um, kind of because the idea, like the more we use our strengths or put effort and energy into them, then then they become like not just a talent, but a strength. And mm-hmm. um, what are you, what are some things you're looking forward to? You mentioned something the other day about um, things in developing. 
I, I think it's kind of the whole package of your strengths, but um, just some things you have on the horizon. Yeah. Um, so in looking at the five strengths that I have, I was looking at it of like, okay, what ways do I want to keep growing? Um, and some of it was process of elimination and some of it was just, it had been on my heart for a while. So it's like, okay, in this next season, I want to look into this. But with the positivity, woo and empathy, they just naturally come and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And so I'm like, okay, that's constantly going to be growing. But when it came to developer and ideation, that's actually where I wanted to spend time in this next school year, really honing in and developing that more. And so specific ways like with developer, as I come alongside and develop other people, I recognize like I want to be doing my own work. So we actually had this opportunity here in Charlotte to grow in how do we minister to other people who are walking through hard times or trauma and suffering. And so we actually, uh, I'm going to be a part of this 10 week program here in Charlotte, uh, where I'm going to be learning more and growing from a counselor who's teaching us as there's like probably going to be about eight or 10 of us who are ministers or pastors here in the local area, um, that we can be better, um, at coming alongside of others who have walked through trauma, hard, uh, suffering. And yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing in the fall. And that's where I want to grow because in the last, man, I mean, period, in the last 30 something years of my life, I've noticed there's always going to be pain and suffering. But then even in the last year and a half, I recognize, wow, I constantly want to be growing, getting better at this, how to be better at empathizing with someone, how to be better, not just empathizing, but empathizing in a very specific way and a very specific experience for someone that maybe I haven't experienced. Um, so that's, that's one of the ways that I wanted to grow. And then in the spring, I really actually wanted to grow in uh, crossing cultures better. And so I'm in an interracial marriage, but just because I'm in an interracial marriage does not mean that I know all things about crossing cultures better. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things like constantly growing in our own story work, as well as getting to come alongside and lead with other people and, uh, building bridges and, uh, crossing cultures, especially in light of the gospel. And so that's going to be happening in the spring, um, getting to do that with family life. So uh, I don't I don't know for any of y'all out there, but I typically I tend to put way too much on my plate at one time. And so one of the things that I've had to work on is trying to slow down and just pick a few things to look at a whole school year to do. And and it's also a stage of life for me too, being um, a mom of young kids. I'm I'm also working, and I want to see okay, what is it, God, this season you want me to focus on and spend my time on. And I can't do all the things, even though I want to, but those are how I want to grow and develop my strengths and developer. And then with the ideation, one of the things is I have ideas that I, whew, for like, for instance, for 10 years, this feels a little bit vulnerable putting this on a podcast, but for 10 years, I have longed to go to seminary. It's always been there in the back of my head, but I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to study specifically. So it's just been back there. And as I'm constantly launching other people out into the world, launching and mobilizing folks with their dreams, one of the things I noticed is I don't always do a great job listening to the ideas that I have and then launching uh, certain things that I have as far as dreams. I need others to come alongside of me and almost propel me out uh, to be mobilized, I guess, myself. And so one of those things is next fall, Lord willing, this is the plan, is I actually want to go back to seminary and uh, 
get a counseling degree so that I can better uh, come alongside and counsel people um, within what I even do with Crew Family Life. I want to get better at caring well for people, for the staff, for the families and those who come alongside us and that we get to minister to. So that is the the plan and the goal. We will see how that goes. But um, I love how even Family Life, I can, I can do all these things and grow uh, with this mm. degree. That's exciting. I love just your intentionality and thinking through those things and kind of that you have, have things on the calendar. And um, that's awesome because I think, you know, I talk to a lot of people and people of all different ages, like twenties to seventies of um, like, who am I? And what, what Mm -hmm. should I, not that they're always asking me, but I feel like in the back of anyone's mind, like, how can I be my best self and make my best contribution to the world. And um, I don't know, I think just it's so encouraging to see just the way that you are thinking through these things and taking steps in like how you're wired and what, what that looks like for you. Yeah. And, and I mean, and even just like thinking about that too with, I think, I don't know if you feel like this, Barbara, but so many times we try to figure out what our strengths are so that we can do some type of job or role that is, um, I guess that you earn a living on. But I've also learned even with our strengths, this isn't just relegated to a job that we might get paid for, but it's also strengths with any type of role that we play in life. Like for instance, one of the roles that I have is I'm a wife. I am a mother. I am a friend. I am a neighbor. And so I don't know for different people walking in or in different stages of life, I look at the strengths that I have and it's not just good to be on a mobilization team. I realize like, wow, these can be really great in serving in the local church that I have, um, whether it be in women's ministry, whether it be in children's ministry or um yeah. Or greeter. Like I looked at my thing as like, wow, this would be great for a greeter at church. Like, and I love yeah. welcoming in people. I love knowing someone's name and remembering someone's name. Um, same way with like my neighbor. Uh, this, I mean, this was a story that just happened the other day. Like we just moved into a new house about a month and a half ago. And so we're, we're in that process of getting to know new people. And I met a neighbor. And so I think on the second time that we met, she was so brave and courageous to share part of her story. And I was just listening and I was captivated um, and just even humbled that she would want to share with me. And she was like, I have no clue why I'm sharing all this with you. And I was like, I don't know, but I'm just so grateful. It's the first five minutes, (laughs) first five minutes, everybody. But she was like, but she started sharing, but it it started to build this sweet friendship already, even within a a, a month and a half that we've got to know each other. um, That like, yes, these strengths play out even as I go about my regular day, like, for those that may or may not work, um, y'all are probably going to make fun of me, but this is how my brain thinks. So you can just kind of go with it. But I love waking up every day and wondering, okay, God, how are you going to use me today? And what people are you going to put in my path today to just talk to and get to know and hear their story? And I'm curious, like, it's not like I do anything crazy or go out of my way. I still do my normal stuff. I mean, there's still carpool that has to happen. There's still like washing the clothes Mm -hmm. and the laundry and going to the grocery store. But it's in the mundane, ordinary moments of life that I see some of the most extraordinary things happen in relationships. Like that one with the neighbor, it was just us chatting in our driveway uh, because I just pulled in and our kids were playing outside. 
Um, other things happen in the grocery store when I'm just talking to the person that's checking me out, like the, um, you know, checking out the groceries and stuff. And so things happen, um, if we allow margin and even just looking in the Bible, I see so many of the miracles that happen and how Jesus came alongside of people happened in the margins of life. Mm. It wasn't this set thing that was this big event that was happening. All of these things happened or a good bit of the things happened in the margins as Jesus mm. was along the way. Um, so yeah, it, it's really hard, especially in American culture to create margin when everything is so planned out, but that's mm-hmm. actually where I feel the most energized and have the most fun um, yeah. is just getting to do it with folks in my everyday path that's happening. Well, um, I know we need to kind of wrap up here in a minute, but uh, capitalizing on that of like having fun and capitalizing on those moments. Can you tell about one of your, I think probably one of your um, most um, significant moments, who knows, but when you were a college student at Old Miss and the, um, the little flash dance episode. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we can't like not tell that because it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, anytime Barbara's with me, she always uh, tells Brings others. Stuff. Yeah, I always got to bring this up. And so I forget about this story until uh, our friends don't know about this story until Barbara's around. But yes, this happened about, oh man, 11 years ago now, I guess. Uh, it was my senior year in college and it was two weeks before we graduated. And I was talking to a, a friend of mine. We had always had a dream of doing a flash mob. I was really into that, like YouTube and flash mobs in college. But uh, a year or so before that, we were like, man, before we graduate, we need to do a flash mob here at Ole Miss. Um, and so we were down to two weeks before we graduated. And I was hanging out with that same friend. I was like, wait, we, we never did the flash mob. Like, would you want to do the flash mob? And she was like, sure, but how are we going to do this with two weeks left? And I was like, uh, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Give me a second. So tried to ideate really quickly. And um, I was like, okay, I can send out a quick message to several people and they'll spread the word, but we don't want it getting out too big because you actually want it to be a surprise for people. Where were you in school? So what now? Where were you in school? I was at Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as I was constantly ideate and then I was connecting with people and uh, I guess that's where the woo was coming out. Um, I also realized like, wait, I probably need to make sure we can do this and I can graduate. Like it's not going to hinder me. <laughs> walking. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's the rule follower in me sometimes, but I was like, let me go talk to our Dean of students real quick. And so even talking to him, he's like, ah, oh, Carmen Ray, I love this idea. Like, why don't you go next door and they're going to set you up with all free, um, equipment, like all the uh, tech awesome. stuff that we needed. And I was like, okay. So I feel like that's where the positivity and woo came out. People naturally jumped on board with uh, doing something so small. And there was no goal. I guess the end goal was just to make somebody smile during finals. Like we were all mm-hmm. stressed out trying to finish up and get jobs after graduation. So I had no big agenda besides just goofing around and having a good time and making someone smile. And so I guess the hope is, yes, it did make people smile and cackle for about five minutes and then they were able to go about their day. So yeah, that's where I saw, um, yeah, some of those five strengths play out. And there's, there's been other situations where I've really seen strengths like that play out that I'm like, wow, this is what I was made to do. Um, not, not the flash mob that was just for kicks and giggles, but there's just, well, been- how would people um, find that? We, we can put it on the show notes, but 
You can. And how many views has it gotten? Just oh, tell man. us. Well, I didn't even know how many views until right before we jumped on this and we looked it up online. Um, but if you go to to YouTube, you can type in Ole Miss Jaiho Flash Mob. And it is now at a million views, which cracks me Unreal. up. <laughs> but yeah, we had a good time doing it. Well, I think that's just such a um, great picture of just how God uses you to mobilize people. Like you say, put smile on people's faces and, and maybe wipe a tear because maybe, mm. you know, like you're possibly your friend in the driveway of just um, your heart for people and coming alongside people and really just being such a bright light of love and encouragement and joy is just so um, fun to see and watch. So thanks, Barbara. Well, one last question. What has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Ooh, good question. I think right now, um, just because we've been constantly in transition, I think just simple things in life, like, I mean, the fact that we're in a new house and, um, yeah, even just, (laughs) you're going to crack up mowing the grass. Like I, the fact (laughs) that we have grass to mow has brought me so much joy and I'm the one that actually loves mowing the grass and edging. Um, yeah, things like that, um, or exploring new places to eat in a new city now that things are opening back up a little bit more. That's been fun. We love uh, trying different foods. Um, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think meeting new people and our, it's fun. Ian and I, especially uh, watching the curiosity in both of our boys and how it plays out with one kid. It's through their questions. They ask really, really good questions and with the other kid. His curiosity comes out and what he likes to explore and do. Now they may give me gray hairs by the end of this, but it still brings a big <laughs> yeah. old smile to my face. Oh, that's great. That's some of them. Well, Carmen Ray, thank you so much for taking time to um, chat with me and kind of unpack your strengths. And I know this will encourage people that listen to step into understanding their own strengths more. So thank you so much. Thanks, Barbara. Had a good time. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.